Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. After finally emerging from a world-changing pandemic, economies and markets have been subject to an array of headwinds, including more persistent inflation, rising policy rates, supply chain disruptions, and escalating geopolitical tension. So, is a global economic slowdown looming as a result? Joining us on the uh, joining us today to tell us more is Omar Slim, managing director and portfolio manager of fixed income at Pine Bridge. Investments Singapore. Omar, welcome to the show. Good to be with you. Good to have you on. So, with persistent inflation, rising policy rates, supply chain disruptions, and escalating geopolitical tensions, is a global economic slowdown looming? I think the short answer is yes, mm-hmm. but I will um, qualify that answer by saying that I think, in terms of some of the things that you've mentioned in your question, whether we're talking supply chain disruptions, mm. inflationary trends, and so on, we have been seeing over the past two months some improvement, which is okay. encouraging. Okay. So the I think the global growth slowdown, recession in some countries, slowdowns in others, recession-like environment in some other countries is will be essentially the result of monetary policy, which has mm-hmm. tightened in the vast majority of economies, mm-hmm. with some exceptions actually in in Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the short answer is yes, we will see an economic growth slowdown, slow but we're expecting it to be rather shallow uh, mm-hmm. in most places. So let's talk about Asia specifically. What's the outlook like for Asian economies in 2023? Asia is quite interesting, actually, in the sense that I think Asia is benefiting from a few things. The first first thing is that there is this reopening theme in in Asia, which is gaining Mm -hmm. ground. As as you know, Asia has lagged the rest of the world in terms of reopening after the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but we're kind mm-hmm. of opening up. The second thing is that monetary policy in Asia has not been as hawkish and as tight as the rest of the world. So mm-hmm. the impact will be felt less. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is that policy out of China is becoming much more supportive. So mm-hmm. I think Asia will be one of those very few places that will, some countries actually will have better economic growth next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, this year, uh, for instance, we expect China to accelerate. We expect Thailand to accelerate. There are other countries that would have a slowdown, including mm-hmm. Singapore, maybe not a recession, but a slowdown. Mm-hmm. Other countries that might have a recession like uh, Korea. Mm -hmm. Uh, But generally, it's a bit more nuanced in Asia. Okay, okay. And focusing in on China for now, China is, you know, finally showing signs of fully reopening soon. And I mean, they've laid out some measures to ease its stringent restrictions. Will China play a determining role in shaping Asian fixed income markets? It will play a big role, yes. I'm not sure if it's determining, but it will play a very big role in the sense that the reopening, the support measures, the policy, which is becoming much more accommodative, Mm -hmm. um, is very, very beneficial for risk sentiment. And it's also beneficial for the regional um, economic landscape. Mm -hmm. So the short answer to your question is, yes, this is a positive uh, development. However, I will also say that the China reopening will be more of a process. It's Mm -hmm. seemingly it's a quick process. I mean, they have been announcing 
some measures quicker than what the market thought. Mm-hmm. But it is a process. It's not a big bang approach. So I think what we will see some incremental measures going into the going into next year. And we're expecting uh, probably by the second half of next year for China to be relatively open. Mm-hmm. And going into 2023, what kind of opportunities do you see in the key asset classes in Asian fixed income? I think the, the one that is the most prominent in terms of um, what we expect to perform there's really two areas. The first mm-hmm. one is Asia investment grade. We think that there's quite a bit of pent up performance built in there. Mm-hmm. We think that the credit fundamentals in the investment grade, which is the highest quality, highest credit quality segment of the market, mm-hmm. the fundamentals are strong. Um, we think that the economic picture improving also would help on that front. Mm-hmm. We think that the valuations um, with you know, yields of uh, high five or 6% for a pure investment grade. So very high credit quality mm-hmm. uh, is interesting. Mm-hmm. We've seen a bit of rebound in the in the past two months, but we think that there's probably more to come going into next year. Mm-hmm. We see some opportunities in some pockets of the Asia high yield market, the dollar Asia high yield market. Mm-hmm. But here we're very, very selective because we think that some other pockets of the market, particularly some of the challenged uh, Chinese real estate developers, mm-hmm. will remain challenged. Mm-hmm. And in terms of local currency, we think we, we like two uh, local currencies in particular, uh, and those would be the Singapore dollar and the Thai baht. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And speaking of the property sector in China, you know, following the series of defaults in China's property sector, the sector's weighting in the Asia high yield index has shrunk significantly. And now that there are some measures by the Chinese government to help boost the property sector, what can we expect from the Asia high yield market? Well, you're quite right. We, we, China property, uh, the, the the portion of the market that would be China property has shrunk. And I think it's going to stay there in the sense mm-hmm. that some of those developers that defaulted or some of them that are about to default will simply not come back. Mm-hmm. So we still expect some survivors and uh, mm-hmm. our conviction on that front has increased in terms of some survivors. But the key mm-hmm. word really here is some in the sense that it's it's, uh, it's a few of them. Mm. Um, but there are other segments that we we are looking at. For instance, the gaming segments in Macau, which uh, might be interesting, mm-hmm. given the reopening theme, mm-hmm. and some of the industrials elsewhere, such as Indonesia and India, where fundamentals continue to be generally quite steady. Okay. So there are opportunity outside of China property. Mm-hmm. And what about in terms of the returns from Asia's local currency bonds? What can we expect if the U.S. dollar weakens further in 2023? Yeah, that's the main question, really. Uh, what, what will happen to the dollar? Um, my, Our view is that the dollar strength has started to reverse. Mm-hmm. We think that the dollar will remain strong, but uh, it will lose some of its thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we think that there are certain currencies that are ripe for performance. Again, for instance, to name a few, there's the Singapore dollar, which we think is will continue to outperform regionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, We think the Thai baht is ripe for some performance, particularly if the reopening theme accelerates. But we're a bit more cautious in terms of the rates side. We think that the rates are probably we might see some uh, some pressure on the rates or we Mm -hmm. expect it to be more of a carry story as opposed to a performance story. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about, you know, the top headline for today. The U.S. Fed obviously opted for a smaller rate hike today, uh, well, this morning at 3 a.m. with a 
50 basis point hike. But Jerome Powell actually warned that there will be uh, hikes for longer, right? So how would that impact the Asian fixed income markets? Right. Yeah, at 3 a.m. they were competing with the World Cup game, actually. But <laughs> yes, um, in terms of the Fed, I think what they did, what the Fed is, continues to do is that they will mm. continue to say that they are focused on inflation. And mm. this is pretty clear from the onset, at, at least from the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will continue to have a relatively hawkish rhetoric Mm-hmm. Um, till they see compelling evidence that inflation has been dented, which we actually are starting to to see. But you okay. will notice that the markets have not responded in any violent manner or any significant manner to, mm-hmm. to what they said. Mm-hmm. And this is a reflection to me that a lot of what they are saying has been priced in, mm-hmm. which is actually very good news for the market. We, I okay. think one of the key messages that we're telling our investors is that we're ending the year in a much better position that we're starting the year from a mm-hmm. global macro perspective. Right. Because now the monetary policy is no longer behind the curve mm-hmm. and the hikes are much better priced in. I think we can debate if there are a bit more hikes coming. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of the hikes have been done. Okay, okay. And and just to wrap up our interview for today, what are some of the key themes that will be driving global markets in the year ahead? I think there's a few of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Monetary policy, which obviously derives from inflation, will continue to be a key driver uh, mm-hmm. for sure. We think as well that what happens in China will be a major market driver, certainly for China, certainly for the region. Mm-hmm. but also globally. Mm-hmm. We are expecting some changes in terms of the Bank of Japan policy, given the change in terms of the governorship, in terms of Bank of Japan. We think this is something to watch, particularly in the beginning part of next year. And I think the, the main theme really will be how deep the re- recession will be or how deep the economic growth slowdown will be. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to keep the market guessing. And with it, we will see some moves um, uh, because of the mixed economic data that we're going to receive. But my mm-hmm. view is that we will have generally a shallower recession than uh, than feared. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Omar, for joining us today. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Omar Slim, Managing Director and Portfolio Manager of Fixed Income at Pine Bridge Investments Singapore. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store. And that's a wrap for today's episode. But before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tian's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu, and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.